welcome to Eyewitness News Mornings at 10. In about an hour or so, you said the New Jersey mm -hmm. area, mm -hmm. the western parts western of New York, about to come down. Mm. Rain we're talking about. And Take you a can, look. You can see the size of this storm. There's snow from the border with Canada to big storms in the Gulf, and the warnings are all the way along it from winter storm warnings to storm warnings as well. Now, we've got wind, all kinds of flooding here. So we're talking about not only street flooding, but stream and river flooding. We're also talking about coastal flooding with this storm. So all of it. There's a lot of it, Mike. A lot of stuff coming with this storm. Yeah, we're also going to be joined by Governor Murphy talking about that state of emergency now in effect this afternoon that starts at 5 p.m. in the state of New Jersey. What you need to know to prepare. Also happening this morning, Shirley, the asylum seeker students boarding these buses outside the Rowe Hotel going to school after spending their last night at that Rowe Hotel. Yeah, dozens of families, women, children, all of them ordered to leave as that 60 day shelter limit expires. So the question, what's going to happen to them? What happens next? We have Janice Yu, who's going to have that full story for us. Moments before we came on the air, Suffolk County Executive Ed Romaine has issued a state of emergency mm -hmm. for Suffolk County. Uh, nothing yet for Nassau, but Sam, when we talk about this triple threat of the right. storm, the flooding, coastal, river flooding, but the high winds too, especially on the island. Winds are going to be a big deal. And coastal areas, I would, I would include you, New Jersey, and coastal Connecticut, and all of Long Island, likely to be the strongest winds. But don't think you get a pass, even in western areas, because there are some gusts that will exceed 40, 45 miles per hour there. There's a lot to unpack here, so let's do that and let's do it full screen and big so you get the whole idea here. 44 degrees outside right now. We still have um, a little sunshine cracking between the cloud deck or below the cloud deck right now. Here's the numbers that we have going around the area. We're 44, nice and mild in the city. And where we had some teens earlier, north and west, we've got the 20s coming there. So we've got a colder air setup, and that means northern western areas can actually get a little snow in all of the rest of us will get rain. Now, it will end all areas as rain and wind, so even our snowpack will go away and that will contribute to the flooding. So it is likely in the red shaded area that we'll see more flooding than even the eastern areas, but rain totals will be, a, you know, appreciable all the way out east. And so we'll give you that information. Let's start with who gets a little bit of ice, who gets a little bit of snow. You can see this in northwestern parts of the Hudson Valley, Poconos and Catskills, most likely to get that snow collection first, then it will later go over to rain. Here's where the flooding and coastal flooding will be widespread all of our coastal areas. And that's not a little number, two to three feet of extra water at the coastline at high tide cycles is the kind of water that passes a lot of roads and parking lots that are up against our shoreline. Here's the reason Mike just mentioned all of that out on Long Island and Suffolk County's got that state of emergency. Our wind gusts here will go 60 and maybe even a little stronger than that as we go in through the night. Want to show you this. This is where we started around 745 in the evening where area wide our wind gusts are in excess of about 40 miles per hour and we've already got the heavy rain in place. This is about 11 o'clock at night, 40, 50 mile per hour wind gusts there. This is 2 o'clock in the morning, 60 plus mile per hour wind gusts, likely out on the island because we will have had hours of heavy rain at that point. The problem is that we can easily take trees down. We'll take tree limbs down anyway, and that can mean power outages. Before we go, I want to just time this out for you. This is the noon look at the rain kind of moving into the area. General light rain. Yellow is some embedded areas of heavier rain. By the time we get into the evening and the overnight, look at 9 o'clock. You can see these red areas here, and that becomes a real issue. This heavy rain in those spots there 
is the rain that could get us up to three inches plus of rain in parts of our area. Now this all tapers out by the time we get into tomorrow morning. There's still just a few scattered showers. Look at the rainfall totals. And so when you see community specific here, like White Plains getting in the idea of three plus inches and then look at that uh, purple area there, there's some places that will get four inches of rain. And that's why we're saying flooding is important. Winds are important and I want to get you in on the overnight off the roads for this storm. All right, the flooding and the winds. Big concern there. Um, we're also wanting to go outside as we prepare for what is to come. Eyewitness News reporter Phil Tate live in Patterson, New Jersey, where the mayor there just spoke. Phil? Yes, Charlene, just moments ago, we just heard from Mayor Saya, who just signed and declared a state of emergency that's expected to go into effect at 5 o'clock. We are just hours away from that, but his main message is that Patterson, New Jersey is coming up and getting prepared with an effective plan to ensure that whatever weather event is headed their way, that they'll be able to make sure that residents stay safe. Well, right now, they are meeting with various agencies, and it's all in an effort to make sure that they can coordinate and prioritize the safety of residents. Well, the discussion includes plans for high water vehicles and swift boats and just days ago rescue operations were used to get folks to safety who were in harm's way. DPW trucks have also been loaded with barricades to close streets if needed. Well, what's different from last week's efforts? Well, officials say they are opening a shelter for the next five days here in Patterson for those in need of assistance and are telling people to leave their homes in those flood known areas. Well, this is officials prepare and gear up for what's headed our way. You're going to see the coordination amongst the first responders, and we include public works employees as first responders as well. Very often, they're forgotten. You're going to see trucks out there as well. You're going to see, well, if necessary, you'll see these high water vehicles eventually, and hopefully you won't see the boats tonight. I mean, we're thinking, let, let's look at this logically. This river may not crest for another day or so, so you're not going to see all of that unless that occurs. We're hoping that it doesn't. So. Quite frankly, we expect the worst, but we're going to do our best. And Mayor Sayers says that he is in contact with schools. Uh, the superintendent, he says that as for the balance of the week, that schools will remain open, but they will continue to be in contact uh, throughout the week if anything changes. That's the very latest here in Patterson. I'm Phil Tate, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. Well, Phil, you, you make a great point because some schools in the northern counties like Ulster and Sullivan already calling off classes for tomorrow. We put a complete list as they start to come in at ABC 7 NY right now. Mm. All right, so we still have, let's talk to Governor Phil Murphy in, uh, in New Jersey. And not that every river can't flood. I mean, we can have flooding in a lot of areas, but New Jersey's already had a lot of issues, so it's likely we're going to focus there. Nina Pineda is going to talk to us as well with what you need to know to keep yourself and your belongings protected when flooding and if flooding moves into right, your so we area. So we got the governor and we've gonna, we're going to have Nina, yep. both of them. Much okay. more on the weather throughout the hour, but also happening right now, migrant families packing up and leaving the Rowe Hotel. Our cameras capturing some of the first families as they left that hotel. This is in response to the mayor's 60-day shelter limit as his administration tries to tackle this crisis. Our Janice Yu live outside the Rowe Hotel where she just heard from the city's controller. Janice? 
Good morning, guys. Yeah, uh, the city's controller, Brad Lander, just spoke, announced that um, he's launching an investigation into the 60-day limit. He says he has a lot of questions as to what this process is, what migrants are being notified of, because there seems to be a lot of confusion surrounding this. And he also um, posed questions about what happens to the per uh, temporary protected status for Venezuelans that was granted by the federal government. So who is keeping track of where these migrants Migrants end up. So he says that he is launching an investigation to get these questions answered. So that 10 o'clock deadline, 10 a.m. deadline has come and gone. So the migrant families, 40 of them, are now out of the Roe Hotel. I talked to a few of them. Some of them tell me they are going out of state. One told me they're going to Philly, where they have some family. Others tell me they are off to the Roosevelt Hotel to apply for another 60 days in the shelter. And Maria Anes Garcia is one of the ones we talked to. We caught up with her and her three kids as they started the half a mile walk or so to the Roosevelt Hotel. And the 23-year-old says she arrived from Venezuela a year ago. It's difficult, but you have to keep moving forward. I thank God and the Roe Hotel for receiving us. Well, the city is adamant that this is not just an effort to kick people out of the shelters. In fact, they say this is the next step in the process of making sure these migrants are able to have successful lives outside of the shelter system. Leaders say members of the city have met with families at least four times to help them with the job hunt and any legal needs or connecting them to family in other states. The city controller, though, Brad Lander, just announced that investigation, saying that there are way too many questions into this process. Who is tracking what's happening to school kids? So City Hall has said, look, and let's be clear, when they say there's no room, we're talking to people that already have rooms. This woman was at the row for five months already. We have a room for her. It's here right now. So for those families with kids in public school, the easiest way to make sure they can finish the school year in the same school that they've settled in is to keep them in the shelter that they're in currently. Well, you heard uh, Comptroller Lander mention the woman who's been at the hotel here for five months. Well, we just met her outside. Her name is Maria. She is eight months pregnant. She's expecting her baby boy next month. And at this point, she is one of those 40 families who now have to leave the Roe Hotel. And she says she's not really clear as to what her next steps are. But as I mentioned, those who do not have a place to stay lined up already, they will be heading over to the Roosevelt Hotel, which is that intake center where they will reapply and hopefully get another 60 days within the city's shelter system. Back to you guys. Wow. Yeah, I it mean, is. You've got limited accommodations, increasing number of migrants, families, individual homes that you want to take care of. It is complicated. Oof. Layers and layers of issues here. Uh, some of the other top stories that we are following this morning, a dozen people were taken into custody after an incident at Chabad headquarters in Brooklyn, police found a group of people who were pushing back against the filling of an underground hole inside the sanctuary. According to a source close to the community, some rogue students dug an underground hole that connected the location next door to the sanctuary. Apparently, they wanted access to the sanctuary after hours. Hmm. A tragedy happened in Queens. A man and woman are dead after a house fire in Jamaica. The flames broke out around six last night at the home on 164th place. Here's what happened. A 61 year old man went back into that burning house to try to save his 86 year old mother. 
Neither one of them made it out alive. We don't know what caused the fire. Mm. So coming up, and we still got a lot coming up, because as always, 10 is a huge busy time of the day. We'll continue to keep a close eye on our storm. It has got a lot of wind and rain and potential flooding here. So let's talk to Governor Murphy, because, you know, focus on New Jersey. We've already had a lot of flooding there, and he put a state of emergency in place. Have you guys ever heard of the doom loop? No. no. Well, is New York City spiraling into one? I mean, this is something like out of a science fiction novel or something like that. But it turns out it's a real assessment of what could be happening across the country. A Columbia professor said this is a very real thing. We'll tell you oh, what it is doom. and how New York City stacks up. It doom loop. certainly doesn't sound good. Right. Yeah. Doom loop. Governor Murphy, Governor, I know you're super busy today. You have the state of the state this afternoon and, of course, preparations for the storm. So we appreciate you making the time. My honor to be here. Thanks for having me, folks. Well, Governor, I want to begin with with what we expect with this storm and how you're preparing. What specifically are you doing? What steps have you taken to prepare for this storm that's coming in? Most importantly, we've declared, uh, as of yesterday, a state of emergency beginning at 5 o'clock this afternoon. We think the worst part of this storm is tonight into the early hours of tomorrow. And it's an unusual storm. Um, we've been on talking about storms over the past six-plus years in my time as governor. But I think this is the first time we've ever spoke, spoken about a rain event in January. But this is a lot of rain, up to four inches. Uh, significant concerns about flooding, particularly in the Passaic, Raritan River uh, areas. And very high winds, particularly on the Jersey Shore. So you'll have, I would suspect, significant power outages. So it's that combination. We're obviously declaring a state of emergency. We're in constant communication with our uh, public uh, power providers. Uh, we're, we're we're using the bully pulpit to yeah. tell folks don't don't underestimate this storm. This is this could be a a, a tough one for us. Yes, sir. Uh, it's Sam, and we are doing the same thing, telling people the timing. I think you're right on with your timing and your expectations out of this storm. Now, doing the things that you're doing today, this is what our third or fourth in recent memory heavy rain event uh, across the area, or certainly a rain snow mix across the area. Doing what you're doing today, how does that set up people getting out of the way of it easier and better, getting monies into these communities easier and better, and then helping people on the recovery better? Yeah, it doesn't really have an impact on the monies. Uh, that uh, the, the money thresholds, whether it's federal or state, exist with or without a state of emergency. But let me just say that it, you mentioned this, and, and it's an important element here. This is not just the event that we're going to have tonight and tomorrow. It's the cumulative uh, effect here. We've already got saturation in the ground from prior recent uh, rain. You've got packed in snow, which mm -hmm. will melt. Uh, in some parts, especially the northern parts of the state, it's that combination uh, that, that is, has got us at the level of concern. I would just say in terms of getting people out of harm's way, use your head. I mean, we had Superstorm Ida come through, tornadoes in the south, tornado warnings went out, everybody heated them, went into the basement, and thank God we didn't even have an injury, even though houses were wrecked. In the north, we had significant flooding. And folks, for whatever reason, in too many cases, ignored pleas to not drive on a road or to leave their home, and we lost 30 lives. So I would just say to folks, take this seriously. If it says the road is, is blocked due to flooding, don't test that. Uh, if you hear that you should get out of your home, um, then get out. Um, don't, don't test that either. Um, Governor Shirlene here, uh, you are and we are trying to effectively warn people that this isn't just 
another bit of rain, another rain event, as you said. Um, what are your thoughts? You, you spoke on, you know, the cumulative, like what you've seen over time uh, being governor and, and these rain events just getting more and more severe. How are you going to prepare for these kinds of events uh, into the future, knowing that now this is kind of like becoming yeah. the norm. 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 Yeah, this is par for the course, as they say. Um, listen, we've been screaming this point. It's a great question. Um, we've been screaming on the point of resiliency, needing to get out ahead of this. Um, the the uh, Going to the federal level, the Inflation Reduction Act has a lot of resiliency uh, funding and programs, which will make us uh, better equipped, better uh, with better defenses against storms like this in the future. We're doing an enormous amount at the state level, but it takes time. And frankly, Mother Nature is dragging us along right now. And we've got to reverse that. We've got to get out ahead of this. Yeah, true. We've made a lot of moves in the past six years, uh, but as you rightfully point out, these storms are getting more frequent and more intense. And, uh, and we have to learn that lesson quickly and get out ahead of it. Governor, before we let you go, we mentioned the state of the state is this, this afternoon. It's my understanding that it is still a go. You're going to deliver it about 90 minutes before that, that state of emergency goes into effect. So I'm curious, well, what are people going to hear in this message? What are you telling the people of New Jersey this afternoon? If given Mother Nature, I'll be speaking fast, first of all. Uh, so I, hope they, I hope they understand what I'm saying. Uh, I think the general theme is the following. New Jersey, uh, over the past six years, has gotten itself in a really good shape. We're not all there. We, we still have a, a ways to go. But it is in the context of a really challenging world right now. Complicated, complex, challenging, whether it's inflation, interest rates, cost of living, two full-on wars, huge spikes in hate crimes. Um, it, it's a very challenging landscape right now. I'm proud of the progress we've made. I could see that for the, our final two years, I could see where we're headed, and I, I like everything about that. But boy, it's in the context of a, of a tough world right now. Yeah, so many challenges uh, ahead, not unique to New Jersey, but a particular nope. interest. Yeah, we're all part of that world. Yeah. Thank uh, you, sir. Governor, thank you. We're wishing you well throughout the storm and, and hope everything uh, goes okay. Governor, thanks for the time. Good luck. Thank you so much for having me, folks. Bye-bye. So it's a big day for two governors this afternoon. As you can see, Governor Murphy and Governor Hochul delivering state of the state addresses. Governor Hochul will be delivering her address at 1. And as I mentioned, 3.30 is the time for Governor Murphy just before that state of emergency takes effect in New Jersey. By the way, both state of the state addresses streaming live at ABC 7 NY. How can you protect yourself, protect your home the next time a big storm like this impacts you. Well, Nina Pineda here to answer that for us right now. Hey, Nina. Look, what, look what I'm doing. What are you doing? Taking pictures uh, of my valuables, uh, my belongings, your phone. Exactly right. Because this yep. is something, folks, you Smart. can do right now as you're watching us. You can start taking pictures of your appliances, mm -hmm. your important things, because it's very important to take video as well and then narrate as you're going room to room. Because when you, when push comes to shove and you've got an insurance issue, you're going to need to prove what you have owned. So I want you to go down room to room and say, hey, this is my exercise equipment. Mm -hmm. This is my 55-inch TV. Mm -hmm. yep. And while you're in the basement, why don't you move this stuff up 
that is important so that you won't get into a situation like this gentleman in Woodside, Queens, and they had that bad flooding this spring mm. where he had to cut out the drywall. Right. Take pictures of your boiler, move your photo. A lot of us keep our important things like documents and papers, yeah. photo albums. And why? Yeah. You got to get move that up. up. That's one uh, other thing you can do right now. Take that. Take those precautions to get those important things to higher ground. What about cars? What do we do there? Same thing. Good question. You know, it's funny what, 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 where we are right now, where we live, the Raritan River Parkway, the oh, Hutchison oh, River Parkway. So these are named rivers because they're going to crest and swell. We've got this perfect storm right now of all this snow and debris blocking out the drainages. So what's going to happen when we get this significant weather? Your car, try to get it to somewhere else. Move your vehicle or try not to drive, you're going to get stuck. <laughs> right. And if you get to your car and you think the water's been up above the floorboards, don't attempt to start it because you could cause actually even more damage. Mm -hmm. And then you want to, if you get wet at all, use a wet or dry vac to get that mildew out. That mildew sets in really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And you're you're going to get a have a problem where it's going to smell and it's very hard to resell and will do a lot of so damage. Smart, Nina. Oh, These are all smart tips. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, because you're talking about the cars. And then what about people's homes and insurance for their homes? Well, unfortunately, if you have a standard <coughs> homeowner's insurance policy, you will not be covered. Mm. And renter's insurance as well. You have to have supplemental <coughs> or an add-on. That's just the way it works. If you have a mortgage or if you're in a flood-prone area, you're required to have flood insurance. But as we saw with Superstorm Sandy, yeah. a lot of those shore houses were completely paid off and those families experienced total losses. Oh. So there are some exceptions to this as well, though. It depends on where the water came from. Say you have a sub pump failure. Okay? <coughs> so you're getting a lot of uh, a lot of, uh, of water in the basement and then your sub pump fails or you have a fallen tree that might hit your house, or you might have roof damage because you've got um, snow on the roof, right. and then there's some sort of leak. In those cases, <clears throat> you may be covered. So it's important to get out your policy, familiarize yourself with it, and read the fine print. Before you assume that you're not covered by your insurance policy, ask your insurance agent to share a copy of the policy, all the forms and endorsements. The truth will be in the policy, and you want to make sure that you review every page. So you want to look, one, what caused the damage? Was it a sump pump that failed? Was it uh, flooding that came from outside the building? Was it water that came through the roof? Was it a cracked waistline within your building? You want to know what caused the loss, and then you want to see how does that transfer over to the insurance policy, and do you have coverage for it? It all comes down to semantics, as we saw, remember, yeah, sure when they renamed uh, Hurricane Sandy, Superstorm Sandy, yep. that meant it came from the surge. A lot of people didn't have any coverage. Um, I just got this from, we're working with PSE&G right now, and they're preparing for a super, on another story for Seven on Your Side. They're getting ready for what they call a statewide soaker. If you feel you have to evacuate, please, safety first. On, if you think you're taking on water, unplug all your appliances. Okay. Very important. Don't attempt to cross over any flooded water. If your basement is flooding, um, don't attempt to walk across it, you know, uh, to get to anything because uh, downed wires and things like that, any electrical currents oh, can be super, mm -hmm. super dangerous. Yeah. And then also, don't assume someone else has reported a power outage. If you have a power outage, please take Report the time it. to text or call your power company, okay. let them know that you're out so that they can take precautions around uh, your, your neighborhood. Yeah, your anytime area. we have a power outage, we always assume. We always assume, but that's Something really else. great advice. Yeah. To call Those yourself. Videos and pictures, most important mm -hmm. thing. If you don't
don't have them in your home, get them now. Yeah, and do a, have a plan. Yeah. We've all covered this so much collectively. How many hurricanes, storms, floods mm -hmm. have the four of us had to cover? We always see loss of life because people do dangerous things. Yeah. You know, people would never drive in a tornado or right. a blizzard like Governor Murphy was saying. We think we can get across water. Even if you have a big SUV, folks, oh. water versus you, that water is going to win. Think about the woman who just got married. Mm -hmm. she, she's a newlywed. And oh, was away. moving was from away. house right. to house. Yeah. And the other Flood. thing, on those roads, I will tell you that many times exactly. in being and standing in all of mm -hmm. this, and you've done it too, that the road goes. So even though you see the beginning of the road and you see the ending of the road, and you're like, I can drive right through that, right. the road underneath the floodwater might not you're be not there. Absolutely. It, right? You never it think not, it's going to happen. Yeah, and it may not be there. It may not be there. So safety first, have an evacuation plan. We don't want to, you know, cover you being rescued off the roof. Mm. So right. just know how to get out and where to go. We'll call our last few minutes the good news for you. New York City is likely not in a doom loop. So oh. what? Isn't that good if, news? If that's the bar. So, so what is a doom loop? Yeah, Tell us. Okay. The Samuel. phrase originally originated last year when a Columbia professor wrote a paper sounding the alarm that New York City and many large cities just mm -hmm. like us may be in a so-called, and this is where the, I guess he coined the phrase, doom loop, Mike. Yeah, it was based on new practices from the work from home. You know, after COVID, a lot of people said, well, you know what, I'm still going to work from home. So cities that were likely to lose out on those huge amounts of money from property taxes. Mm -hmm. By the way, property taxes make up about 31% of the budget in New York City. Sure. Also public transit. We've talked about the lower subway ridership as yep. we emerge from the pandemic. That could also drive up homelessness. Was this author's concern? Right. Dirtier streets, worse commutes, all that sort of thing. But there is some good news. No, we don't want to have anything with this to do with this doom loop <laughs> business, right? So the good news is that the same professor who foretold all of that doom and gloom for us told the Gothamist that New York City is actually performing better than expected. Bravo. Yay. Bravo, New York. He's attributing this to the diverse economy, tourism. Yes, tourism returning to nearly pre-pandemic levels. The same cannot be said, though, for some of these other major cities. Um, we're talking about San Francisco, mm -hmm. Atlanta, mm -hmm. and Chicago. Yep. They have had a much harder time. I mean, we say that, and this is this author's assessment, but we do have to point out we are dealing with a major crisis, the migrant crisis. Yep. Mayor Adams has said yep. that you know the budget over the course of the next three years swelling by $12 billion, and we're already cutting across the board 5%. So while this is positive news, we know a city like this is dynamic and so yeah. things on the on the there's ground always issues change. to handle but so don't check take back this, with us right don't take this away from me mike whatever happens i can say at least we're not in a doom loop and that i will i will say <laughs> according to <laughs> okay for now i'll take that i'll take whatever bit of good news i can get i like the positivity Ooh. all right